Hi, I'm John. And I'm Colin. And I'm Mr. Pink. This is Hold Up. This is the show where we talk about movies from long ago and not so long ago and see if they hold up. I need you cool. Are you cool? I am cool. Cue the theme song. Are you going to bark all day, little doggy? Or are you going to bite? You know how to handle that situation. Shit your pants and dive in and swim. K-B-I-L-L-Y, home of rock. Joe, trust me on this. You've made a mistake. Yeah, but Mr. Brown, that's a little too close to Mr. Shit. You know what this is? It's the world's smallest violin playing just for the waitresses. Hear your names. Mr. Brown. Mr. White. Mr. Blonde. Mr. Blue. Mr. Orange. Mr. Pink. Why not Mr. Pink? Because you're a faggot, all right? All right. All right. All right. Mine's closest. The Definitely. year. Mine's better than John's. 1992. <laughs> it was all kind right. of. The all directorial right. debut. Okay. Of Schmidt and Barablino. Rhymes with very closely. Reservoir Dogs. Oh, or like I like to call it. Quentin Tarantino's Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Fuck Boom. you, Guy Ritchie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Reservoir Dogs has Michael Madsen, Tim Roth, Steve Buscemi, Harvey Keitel, uh, Eddie Bunker, The Thing, very accurately uh, described, Chris Penn, uh, some other faces, and uh, Kirk Baltz. If you say that right, it sounds like Kirk Baltz. I think Baltz. it was, they think this cost. <laughs> you I think, name dropped the cop. I don't think you even <laughs> said Tim Roth. I did say he Tim did Roth. Did you? Okay, I totally okay. did. I would never forget. <laughs> Never forget uh, Timmy. Boy. I, if I'm not mistaken, it was this was a million bucks or nine hundred thousand. One one five. So uh, legend has it that uh, Quentin Tarantino had about thirty grand in cash and a sixteen millimeter camera, and he was ready to go. And then somehow through a connection he had, Harvey Keitel was like, "I read the script. I want to help produce it." And they got the budget up to one five. Yeah, and, that's uh, fucking great. I mean, it w- actually, the budget is perfect for this movie. That's one of the things you notice right away. Like there, there's a gritty real gritty realistic mm-hmm. feel to the way he shot it a lot of handheld and stuff especially in the beginning with in the back of the car yeah where it almost feels like you know it's just a cameraman jostling around it's like that pulp fiction <clears throat> camera a yeah. little bit yeah i mean he had a lot more money then it's but it's a lot more precise in he does that, like that it, shot. like some of the stuff you can tell like this is someone's first go well the trunk shots iconic from him yeah there's oh, yeah. tons of iconic and like everything is like really great there's like some of it I think actually this is some of his best directing, to be honest with you. Oh, interesting. I, I think, I mean, don't get me wrong. The other movies have a bigger budget, so it's easier to do <laughs> not, crane shots. Not saying much there. Because yeah. it, he's just doing a lot of crane shots and a lot of dolly shots, like long, 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 long dolly shots and like, you know, his more expensive movies. But the directing in here is tight. It, like there's a lot of, uh, not a lot of close-ups, a lot of, t- you know, two shots and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That go on for a long time. It goes really well. To, I mean, it kind of worked out in his favor for the script and stuff, the way he told the story directing-wise. I think that was probably intentional, keeping it to as few locations as possible. Oh, no, the locations thing, but like just the limited amount of shooting, um, you don't get a lot of close-ups. You don't get a lot of uh, you don't get a lot of shit to edit. You don't have like a two and then a close-up of him and a close-up of him and then another big master shot. He was shooting it kind of tight, on very well. I mean, very guerrilla style. There's a lot of yeah. I mean, there's a lot of um, far away shots and a lot of long shots that they just kind of let play through. Yeah. Um, some of it actually, I was it, especially when they're in the warehouse when they have the cop tied up. It felt like a play, 
at that point because it was all kind of taking place in that location. It was a pretty, pretty uh, enclosed, enclosed area. And there's like, you know, um, because he's doing a lot of one take shots there, not everything is perfect. And some of the stuff stands out as like, they, you know, nothing's horrible for sure. But it just, it, I don't know, it had this kind of play-ish feel. I, I mean, I always wanted to people like do people put on a lot of plays. I think you could. In I think you could totally. I've always wanted to do this as a play. I think you so could totally do it. A, a this play. is one of the easiest plays. You barely need that many sets. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you do everything like you make one set and then you do everything spotlighted, and yeah, you, then black everything else out during the little side vignettes or whatever where where the flashbacks. It'd be yeah. so easy. Yeah. Even for the yeah you yeah that's exactly you just do lighting you, that, just, you, just, you just, just fade spotlights. the center and you do you do a little like a uh, stage right yeah where he tells the story to the guy the uh, the what do you call it story the, bath, the commode story the commo- yeah like all that would be done just in blackness with spotlights on them maybe one bench gets pulled out where that guy sits and watches them you could make this so easily as a play and I'm sure well Tarantino's talked about his next project being um, making the hateful eight into a Broadway play. Mm. right so i mean Great. sure yeah yeah which would also work too because yeah. most of it's in the cabin and, and one stagecoach really. that's the thing that's the only that's two locations like that and this are maybe the ones that could be yeah. like stage plays. i think it's just also is he wants to kind of challenge himself and do something different yeah yeah but this is also when i watched hateful eight and saw the end i was like oh he's doing reservoir dogs again which is fine yeah because i was sick of the whole revenge stories thing so for him to come back to his roots and do something where kind of everybody dies in the end, I thought was great. See, yeah. I'm not even, I don't even hate that he's like, everyone, like I've heard people say before too, like, oh, a revenge movie, another revenge movie. Like a lot of artists are great artists because they specialize at one thing and yeah. do it amazing. And ter- there's no debate that Tarantino does it amazing. And if you really want to talk about it, I guess that the whole like last, like uh, whatever t- the time in Hollywood, I can't remember what it's called. Um, is technically a revenge movie, I guess, the same, but I don't know what it's it is. Not a good one. It's not a good <laughs> no, movie. But I no, but like that. if you look at this, um, Pulp Fiction and uh, uh, Jackie Brown, none of them are revenge stories. And in my opinion, and once again, this might not be for everybody. Those are his. In, I think his three best movies. And which, none of them which are. Did you say was obviously Pulp Fiction is yeah. my favorite movie? But like then it would be oh, yeah, Pulp Jackie Brown in this. Would yeah, be, I think revenge, Jackie yeah. Brown's a redemption story. Yeah. And 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 this is also I think better than than like the Kill Bills, like those Jackie are Brown's like also such a good love story. What is Jackie Brown? Yeah, I I like the thing between her and um, it's amazing. Like like you what's really his name? um I can't remember. I will never uh, remember Max. His name. his name is Max. Max. Yes, Max Ruby. Yeah, he's such a such a lovable character. Uh, um, yeah, and that, you right. really want things to work out. I know for them. you do. I, I, it's really interesting. Uh, well, you know what? We well, got to yeah, do Jackie we'll Brown another time because I I could talk about Jackie Brown for a long time. So let's let's not do that. Okay, yeah. okay. Back to Reservoir. So yeah. the so the beginning of this movie. I mean, the editing is great. I don't know if you. I, I've never read the script of this, but like you open with the the guy in the back freaking out, bleeding. You don't know what's going on, but immediately you start to feel for his character. Oh, right, because he's yeah. like a bloody mess. He's begging for his life. And so Har- and Harvey Keitel as well. The way he treats him, he's oh yeah, holding his hand and cheering him on. You're I'm, okay. Yeah, you're gonna be you're okay. Gonna be. <laughs> <laughs> that shit's all great. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, are you a doctor? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're gonna be okay. Oh no, sorry. It opens. Oh my, I'm how silly of me. It actually opens with them all sitting around. At the coffee shop. Yeah. yeah. And they're introducing all of the characters. And Very t- incognito. Tarantino <laughs> gave himself. Oh, yeah. And Tarantino <laughs> gave himself like 
the most dialogue when he talks about the... He wanted Mr. Pink. He yes. was going to give himself Mr. Pink. Yeah, but Steve Buscemi, Steve Buscemi came in and Quinn That's was interesting. like, I, I want this unless you can blow me away. And yeah. Buscemi's like, here you go. Yeah. <laughs> Tarantino's like, fuck. Which makes All me right. happy because I fucking hate Tarantino as an actor and I hate when he puts himself... Except for Dust Till Dawn, where I actually don't mind him. Because so, he seems like a fucking natural creep. So my question is then, you don't like him in this? Uh, well, he's fine for the role he's got. Yeah, I think so. I thought he did a good job. He, yeah, no, he's fine for the role he's got. But I mean, his, if he was Mr. Pink, all of a sudden he yeah. is like... The main character, a, yeah. Not a main yeah. character, but he's a he's a pivotal character. Um, I think yeah. Pink's the... I, you know, if he was making this movie... Character. No, if it, he had this 30 grand budget and he was doing this and he was that character, like, and that would make a lot of sense. But if he had the opportunity to put Steve Buscemi in that more pivotal role, of course. If Buscemi comes in and is like, I want this role... You probably give it to him, even well, though back then Buscemi wasn't Buscemi now. But you still fucking good actor. Who is the Tim Ross character? Is he, he Mr. White? Orange. He's Mr. Orange. Okay, thank God. Okay, I didn't actually didn't know that what his name was. It's rumored that uh, James Woods. Um, they tried to get him for this movie, and um, James Woods' agent wouldn't even send it to James Woods because it was for much less money. And apparently James Woods got pissed about that later and fired his agent. But anyway, they no again, when I read this, it said Tarantino wasn't telling people who they were going to be auditioning for so that if they didn't get it, it there wouldn't be hard feelings. Um, I but, would not but, have liked James Woods they, in this they, anyway. they were thinking that Fuck maybe James he Woods. would have been Mr. Orange yeah, instead Mr. of Tim Roth. James Woods is not, would, not, would not have fit well in this. He would have done a... I don't I think he would have done... I can, can kind of see him in the role, but he's like... Tim Roth is just... he. He was too Tim busy Roth doing the seems hard way. A little bit. Fucking what a great choice. The only movie I really <laughs> like James Woods in, and I really hate him way. in the movie. <laughs> no, is Casino. Oh yeah, where he I plays hate, oh, James yeah. Woods. No, it's I gotta be. What's the What's the one? What's the one? The hard way. The fucking hard way. Michael good. J. Fox. Yeah. No, that can't be good. I know it can't, but I James, James Woods, Woods and Michael J. Fox. What's the one? The body crasher. What's the boxing? What's the boxing town one? Oh, oh Digstown. I do love him. In that. I, I love I'm him. So in, okay, Digstown is the woods. We should do yeah. Digstown because I think that would. Yeah, you're right, Brent. Digstown is he's very good in that. I'm sorry, I I, I forget about Digstown. Yeah, that's my bad. But <laughs> I think I think everyone but us three yes, just I now has so forgotten too. about. Digstown. But I also like <laughs> think old Casino. Him and in my opinion, the probably the two best performances in Casino are are James Woods and uh, and Sharon Stone. Sharon Stone. Their their performances are so good that I like want them to die. Like, <laughs> I want them both to. Die. I want De Niro. I want De Niro to order them to death. Yeah. yeah. I I want him to do it himself. I want someone I to fucking oh, shoot man. those two, especially her at the end when she uh, she's like, I gotta call the police, and she try, gets the police, and she's like, me and blah blah blah, whatever the fuck. Oh, oh. my god, she's okay. so real. We're meandering again. We haven't even sat on yeah. Friends of Our Daughters. She's not even in this. <laughs> I know. It's not even the same director. <laughs> what are we doing? This is funny. Yeah. All right. See, this brings up lots in us because this definitely was a. This um, movie is pivotal. Totally. Wait, what's the year? Ninety. Ninety two. 92. Yeah, Holy dude, shit. This, so what a character. We, you were talking before about this scene by scene. I don't even know if we ever gave a synopsis, but basically there's a crew of guys uh, and a big boss man and they're going to rob a jewelry store and shit goes wrong. That's that's Reservoir Dogs. Um, this is just a real, like maybe three locations in the whole movie. Um, 
definitely a character study. So Colin was talking about some of the characters before. The intro, uh, the two yeah. guys at the intro, it, it gets you to know them. You get to know uh, Mr. Pink um, decently well, too. The like, only guy you don't know is Mr. Blue. You never learn fucking anything no, about Mr. He has Blue. no dialogue, but he, he fits, the looks good for the role. Yeah. He looks like the dirtbag guy from... Uh, he looks like he's back from retirement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, he, 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 was, he reminds it's me Eddie, of... Ed Bunker. Yeah. Um, he For some, some about him, he just... He doesn't have to do anything, and you're like, that guy can handle himself. You yeah, think, he yeah. does the job by making by looking like a criminal. He enough. gets killed. Yeah, he, he's got he, that. He's got that rough. I think he has one line, and it's he just talks at the table. What is she? What is she going to be a blowjob? I yeah. think that's his only but, line. Yeah. yeah. What take you in the back and blow you or something like that? Yeah. What's but, special? <laughs> also, the, the di- so what did you guys think of the dialogue in the opening? Everyone it's, talks it's about funny. that. It's funny. Uh, Steve it's Buscemi's good. tipping thing is is you know it fits for him. And, and he ends up giving he, up at the end. He can, and he's very convincing. I was, other, uh, I was kind of convinced by it. The, the first time I saw the movie, I was like, he's right about that McDonald's yeah. thing. That was a good point. And you could see Tarantino's train of thought with the Like a Virgin song, but it, I don't think that's really true. Uh, anyway. Well, she, she gave him, she, after this movie, Madonna gave him, you remember the book Sex that she released oh, yeah, with all yeah. that fucking. The erotica one? Yeah, with all like the softcore porn with her. Um, apparently after the movie she gave him a signed copy and it said it's not about sex it's not about love <laughs> love Madonna or something like that so that's funny it is I, I, agree. I still believe it's, the other thing I agree yeah. with Tarantino me too well um, Mr. Orange doesn't say too much at the table so it's great to keep him low key at the start but what's really important at that whole first scene is Harvey Keitel's character Mr. White and his like principles against around having the book and like trying to control Joe, like to show that he'll get in his face, because that's really important later on. Where yeah. like when Kaitel pulls the gun on him, you know that he would do something extreme, like take away his book, put a gun in his face. Um, I love the way they build Kaitel's character and Mister Orange's relationship to to show. It, it, by the time it gets to the time for the trifecta at the end, it's like it's it's almost believable, even though there were like a couple of things that happen along the way that are questionable on their own. But it doesn't matter because on I, I mean Tarantino's actually so good in that scene that I'll never forget the line, the end of the line where he finishes his story and he says the words the way he says them, which is, hence, like a virgin. Like, I'll never <laughs> forget dick, that. Dick, 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 dick. dick, dick. That's yeah. a lot of dicks. All of that stuff is so memorable. Yeah. When I was watching it, I was smiling and I was like, I remember this and like in a good way. I was like, this is good. So yeah. each the, time... The music radio station. Yeah. Um, all the, yeah. Dude, oh, well, that shit's all like great. But the Madsen stuff, even at the beginning with the, the his interaction with Kaitel, do you want yeah. me to shoot this guy? And then Joe comes back and he, yeah. he's like, he's like, I changed my mind. Shoot this prick. Yeah. And then you see like... Madsen gives that look that gives such a that good fucking dog. hint of his character. Yeah. 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 That stone cold kind of craziness. But then what do you like, say? You, you shoot me in a dream, you better wake up and apologize. Yeah, yeah. I love that That's line. a great line, that's too. That's such a great line. Harvey Keitel is really good in this. I mean, Keitel so is that, great That's a great establishment, too, um, for those two characters. The, yeah. but Even though a, they don't have a... Like, they have a lot of conflict throughout the movie, but it's Mr. Orange. Well, and, like you said, like, the one of the things that's most important is that you see right away Keitel is, like, top dog, right under Joe, kind of, because... Because he takes that book. Like, I don't think anyone else at the table. No. I think you can tell right then nobody else at the table would have the balls to do that. Yeah. And you even kind of like get a little bit anxious with yeah. Kaitel being the guy. Doing and, it. and when what's smart about the way he wrote this, and I, I mean, if, if I guess if I could have any conversation with him, I would as ask him about this is because like what he does right after the introduction where they all do the very famous iconic slow walk. Yeah. Like they uh right after the credits roll and stuff and then you hear you hear uh Tim, Tim Roth's 
cries even before the picture comes back yeah and then and then you cut to the back of the kind stuff is it's the idea of like going from that that the the little coffee thing of them to like the most extreme moment in the movie which is like this guy begging it's for his life in shot. the back of the yeah. car and and you know we've skipped ahead but it's like to such a crazy moment but dude and think about because you could have done the a change. bank robbery you could have guns ablazing and all that shit yeah. they cut to this guy like bleeding like a stuck pig they in the never back show of the, the car heist. they only show like the running away they show the aftermath, oh yeah you're right of the heist no itself. never inside the build it's not important once again it's yeah, not important it's not important at all what's they segue to him bleeding with Stephen wright's voice yes which is like couldn't be any more monotone <laughs> or like i don't know non-excitable all right now you're listening to jimmy g's or whatever the fuck yeah sounds of the six sounds of the 70s sounds Names of the boom, 70s boom. Yeah, and so then I mean now we've we've established set up all the characters, nice little setup. That's all been and they all done a, in one scene. They all and they all had a good time. That's important too. Is every time outside of the heist or the after situation, they're always like having a good time. They're always making all the characters like uh, interact and yeah, have a even, good the time. So you, you, even the cops. Even the cops have a good time. Exactly. Yeah. Talk, so tell it's the story. You sell mm-hmm. yourself to them, and it makes you kind of like everybody. There's no like super bad guy in the movie um which is really interesting well so do you but are you guys you guys are rooting for him right for who for For ross to win to survive and and get away i I, I want harvey keitel too me too they're they're like some of the bad guys i don't mind getting away actually not buscemi because he doesn't tip fuck him um yeah i don't care about joe i don't really care about pen i don't care about i mean they're good characters you just hate them yeah Yeah, i just don't care if they get away or not kaitel you can tell has a soul i want he's he's like my hero in the story is kaitel this time around when i was watching it because i did want roth to to do it and you do get to spend a bit more of the time behind the scenes with roth later as they're showing he's a cop and his preparation i love all that stuff i do i do but it made me really mad this time at um, Tim Roth's selfishness. Me too. By the time it rolled around to it, the end. Beca- what, what selfishness? Because he's like lying there and he's he's conscious and he's watching this thing go down and they're all going to shoot each other and then all the guns go off and the guys drop and then Keitel cradles him and he's like, I'm a cop. It's fucking such a... He knows he's going to die at that point and he's like such a selfish move and then Keitel pops him in the head. If I always th- I was thinking it hard this time is like as they're about to do it, Roth should just have been like, I'm fucking, I'm dead anyway, and be like, Larry, don't. He's like, I'm a cop. And then they could have lived. But he didn't live. He got blown away. No, I like all that. Yeah. I don't think he was being selfish. I think he wanted them all kill each other so he could fucking get away. They are criminals. I'm sure. But then at the end to tell <laughs> Harvey Keitel that he's a cop. What good is that? Doing? Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't think that's he, what I, I that's, 100% agree. He that's the only reason them. I backtrack further than that. I don't actually want what I said there to happen. It's... It's just the way I felt this time that it was unfair to, to Larry, who was like, even though he's a criminal and he killed cops, like they're, they show what, him what if like you, that. What if you... Well, they that, kick that cop too and they come in. Like they're all having a good time. But what if... Cop. What would you do if... Uh, yeah, Harvey's having fun with it. Yeah. He doesn't give a fuck. What would you do though if they busted in and and uh, and and Harvey was laying with them on the floor and holding him and, he's, and the, the cops started saying his name and they're like, are you okay? Are you okay? Yeah, and then Harvey Keitel's like, "How do you know his name?" And then all of a sudden he's like, Woo! and then he shoots him. Would that be better for you? Mm. No, that'd be worse. Yeah, I don't think. See, that's what I mean. I, I'm okay with the way it goes down. What I down. want is for him not to tell him. The cops come in, freakishly. Keitel and fucking Roth both make it. Um, Keitel goes to prison. Roth visits him often. They develop <laughs> a nice friendship. Um, later in life, Keitel gets out. They open a coffee shop. 
Um, and yeah, it's, it's a perfect. Just a, yeah, it's the perfect ending. Just a nice like long friendship story. And it's called Orangish White. <laughs> it's called yeah. Swirl. Creamsicle. Yeah. Creamsicle. <laughs> No, I'm fine with the ending. I've, yeah. I've, I've never and, had know, a problem. I never, no, I don't. You're, no, but it's don't good mistake because me, it makes I don't you feel have a problem. The, That's the what's thing good is, about. this time I cheer, I cheer for different people. I like different people. This time I felt sympathy for Harvey Keitel's character because Tim Roth telling him at the end that he was a cop was just, there was no point to it. I, d- I disagree, though. I feel like the way that he he acted it, he he felt guilty for what that he deceived Larry and and that I'm Larry sure, was yeah, the one who stuck up for clean. him. Yes. Larry like basically risked his life for him and and he couldn't bear as he's dying he couldn't bear the burden that he'd lied to this guy and ruined this guy's and, life. But if he had if he had just died, you not and let and like Larry would have like maybe died as well, but just without knowing that he was like the I agree. biggest ass clown ever. I agree. So but, I just felt bad for him for that reason. But I but I think at. I I totally agree, but I think at that point, like he's like a lot of blood loss, and he's emotional. Totally, and so, so yeah. I, for me, the, <laughs> Tim Roth plays it really well, where he's kind of like, he, does, yeah. he like he's trying to scream it through his like cries of pain. I'm yeah. a cop. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good. Holy Thanks. shit, that sounded just like it. Do it again. I'm a cop. That may be not as good as second time. No. I'm a cop. <laughs> I'm shot and I'm a cop. Ow. Does he? He says it twice, right? Yeah, he, he says, says that he doesn't. Like Larry. Yeah, I can't do it. Larry, what you tell me name for? I ain't gonna tell you mine, <laughs> Mister Pink. <laughs> See, walking could have been in this. Yeah, maybe. Um, so uh, the structure is great. Yeah, I love no, the bouncing around. It flows around. This is a th- really, really thankfully short movie, and there's um, um, everybody it's pretty much stalled. nonstop, and in in the midst, in the in between, everything is like interesting conversation and good character building the character building is so important to get to the point of the end of the movie um and i think the way the way it got structured to um split people up and and leave mr uh, mr blonde alone with the with the cop um, yeah and, like that all made sense to me this That's time also around. bugs me does that not bug anybody else what everyone else has colors and he's mr blonde I he gets a gonna, hair I, was, I didn't shade. know if that was worth bringing up yeah. i thought his name was i thought his name was great it's probably mr I, Yellow. he seemed like a mr like, for some reason that just fits I mr tan there's so many colors mr violet whatever yeah, right mr purple but he's mr blonde i just like that name I like it too. I like to if be everyone you. gets like Mr. Quaff, I Mr. Change. Fucking High and Tight, Mr. <laughs> I, Blonde, that's going to be my, my whatever, screen, brunette. I don't my care. My screenwriter name is going to be is going to be Colin Blonde, and uh, I'll be Mr. Blonde. <laughs> Colin Blonde's a great name. Uh, a Colin name. Blonde might be a good uh, dude. Production Colin company. Colin Blonde is a great name. Yeah, Colin Blonde I'm does sound that. sexy. I'm liking that. Take that it. is tight. I'm Colin Blonde. <laughs> yeah. Right, you can't even say it shitty. I'd Col- like to masturbate in front of you. You just got to say it twice, Colin, Colin Blonde, like that, like James no, Bond. Don't do that. Um, just a little. Just Colin Blonde and let everyone sit with it. What's the, the name of the song? What's like the name of the song pool. during the ear scene? Um, Cotton stuck in the middle with you. Yeah, yeah. So apparently, the entire music budget went to get that song. Yeah, and it should really? have. Yeah. This whole soundtrack is amazing. It's gr- it's good. We, like, I used to listen to this so in much school, good music. Man. I bet they got a lot of this music dirt cheap because it's it was old. It back and oh it's yeah, old. stuck in the middle is about the only one that is like constantly still played at hockey games and. The reason also, so Tarantino stole the structure of this movie from, and I don't know what the name of the movie is, but something from from China, a Chinese movie or an Asian movie that he he saw. And uh, he stole he stole it from that movie. It was like some kind of like shoot 'em up movie from from overseas. And then when he made Harry this Curry. movie, everybody stole this from him. 
the bouncing around, jumping around. So many people wrote, tried to write scripts just like this. Like think between 92 and 2000, Go was like trying to be like this. There's a ton of like thriller movies who tried to do this. I can't even think of the names because they are garbage. I have a question. I have a question. I love this movie. Um, I've been saying some weird things maybe, but I'm trying to be critical <laughs> as I do. Anyway, there is... Yeah, it makes a, me happy. So there's a scene where they crash, him and Harvey Keitel, where Tim Roth gets shot. Yeah. And they put Tim Roth in the car and they leave, um, what's his name, behind and... Um, Tarantino, Tarantino behind. Tarantino behind. And then they drive off and then... It goes back to Tim Roth bleeding in the car just from the camera angle, more personal and on his face, but they repeat a lot of the same lines from before. Was that a necessary thing to do? Could they not have just put him in the car and then skip forward? That's uh, the one thing I was like, did I need to be brought back that he was lying in the car? Like, I figured that's what happened when he got I, I see in. what you're saying. Yes. I don't know if you, I caught that the dialogue was copied. It's, it, it, yeah, he's... He's just basically taking a piece we've seen from the beginning and, yeah. and putting it there yeah. from, like you said, maybe a different angle. Yeah, it's it's, in, it's like, like the same performance. In his lap instead of from Harvey Keitel, uh, from passenger in the front, it's passenger in the back. You, so. you don't, yeah, that I guess that is a I, little bit the audience is dumb and he's trying to make sure they know. Well, yeah, that's what I was thinking. And, and just in my head, it popped up that if I maybe, think it's if okay maybe Tim it's Roth quick. had been blabbling, blathering on about something in the early scene in the movie that we didn't quite understand what he meant, but later after finding finding out he was a cop it made sense like that that would have been a good callback to do but for this i was like oh, it might have been better if they had just like moved forward it's so it's so minor it's, like it's, it's so minor it's, he he it's only one line i think he puts in there yeah i don't mind it. i'm it, gonna die or something like that yeah, but gonna I, die. you're not gonna I, die I, I, I actually, and then they're back to the room right? yeah yeah I, yeah I don't mind yeah it. I it's, actually it's not horrible i just i'm asking the question I, no for sure i think it's i like it so much because i think that performance is really good i don't mind watching it a second time you know what i think why, why i don't get caught up on it either is because it's so ironic that fucking you you always think roth got caught in the crossfire in the fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. in the jeweler in the getaway or whatever yeah i thought that too but it's it's some like housewife that pulls a gun from and her glove box her. so she doesn't get shoots, shoots her. her. Yeah. yeah. He kills a woman in cold That whole butt, scene is shocking. Butt. It's yeah. totally it totally um goes against your yeah, expectations. So I don't what's, what's so happening. I actually don't mind you. Yeah. So why that's good is because you get you didn't know that that's what it was, but then you get to see the result of it again. Yeah. Now knowing, so I think yeah. it makes it almost more powerful okay. the second time you shoot. I'm okay with it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. I actually really like it. Neat. Poof, that was a close one. We almost had something <laughs> bad to say. Yeah. Well, is there, so yeah. is there anything bad? Can we think of anything bad? Well, um, I already said Tarantino. So he's not bad, though. He's, no, he's not bad, but I hate that he always puts himself in the movies. Like a virgin. Are you crazy? I guess. He's really good in Pulp Fiction. He's really good in this. And the only other movie that I think he's, he's bad I think in, he's I think in he's the whole section where he's in Django. Where he's not Django. Yeah, he's terrible in Django. Yeah. He shouldn't be but doing But that's also accents. after you feel like the movie just ended. And yeah. It didn't end. And it, so that whole section could have been removed. What makes me sad is that he actually probably put that in there for his fucking stupid Australian character. And it slows the movie down. As soon as the, uh, what's his name, dies, the tooth guy, the doctor... Yeah, Schultz. Schultz. As soon as Schultz dies, you got to end that movie. So then he had the big gunfight, and the best action was in that scene too. It was too. Just it was fucking awesome. end the movie right yeah. there. Django kills everybody, 
Gets away with his bride. The fucking end, Tarantino. God, I wish I could have talked to him about that one. Goes away, then comes back. It's a whole yeah. Way. It's yeah, so stupid. It's just a waste of fucking time in it. And we know he's gonna win. Just let and him his win. His wife like hasn't been raped ten more times like since he was away and back. Yeah. I don't know. Very yeah, it, it's a weird tact on thing. He could have anyway, still shot Samuel L. Jackson during the fight. I know we're yeah, picking. Know. We're yeah, cross picking now. Um, okay, so, it, so here's another like some of the dialogue in certain scenes is a little bumbled, but it just it makes the, it makes it more natural. Like I hate when everyone's perfect all the time. Yeah, um, it's when yeah. Kaitel and um, uh, Mr. Pink are in the bathroom. Steve Buscemi, and I know talking, exactly. And Steve Buscemi's like, and he's, no, he's like doing this, man. And I'm like, yeah, he's like, he's super intense. Like adrenaline's flowing. I don't mind any of that. It doesn't ruin it. It actually makes them seem more realistic and believable. The movie feels really realistic, all because they shoot out a little documentary style. It feels like a doc or a play. Yeah, like, what has that seen. texture to it? Yeah, I mean, and the cinematography is really good, like for what they had to use. I mean, it's a gross warehouse. Looks great. Yeah, I, I mean, some looks of the soft editing, and kind of some of the editing was a little, I don't know, like jarring. The, the scene where they hit the uh, the the car while they're getting away, him and Kaitel, and then it edits, it cuts to a scene of them just behind the windshield, and they kind of rock forward. I don't know, something was just a little bit wrong. For, the pace for me, the one thing that stands out now that you're, if we're going to nitpick is uh, when is. Harvey Keitel pulls out those two guns and shoots both those cops through the windshield. Yeah. The way they edited it, first of all, they it doesn't look good. It looks super Hollywood and fake. Yeah. So I, I don't think you should have showed that. And secondly, Harvey Keitel putting out two forty fives and like shooting through the windows and stuff. So cheesy. It is. And you ever notice when he gets out of the car, he ba- he puts his back against a chain link fence and pit peaks are in the corner and i'm like it's a fence dude you're not <laughs> hiding from anybody <laughs> um, yeah so but then he nukes the cops and uh steve that, Buscemi fires off the cops like crazy i dudes. feel like you could have almost gotten rid of that you didn't need to see him kill them and steal their car yeah. right you know, wh- who cares i if i was gonna edit out anything i think i just don't think he had the budget to pull it off and he left it in anyway and it kind of looks shitty and the gunplay is bad that the I, like I love the scene where Buscemi's running away. Yeah, and he gets that car and he like unloads. Yeah, that shit was actually really yeah, good. Yeah, no, that was fine. So not all the action is bad. Just that one little teeny sec. Even when the woman shoots him yeah. in the stomach, yeah. orange. That shit's all works. Yeah, yeah, and no, it cuts it, well together. That, yeah, too. there's like very little. Like there was a lot of good, good material to work with. Um, I would have like any problems I would have with this would be in the practicality of some of it. And I, that's just more for fun picking it at story, like putting a guy's putting six kind of strangers together for a job seems like a really bad idea. Thinking there's a cop in your outfit and yet going to the planned on, um, and not uh, letting anybody Riku leave. point and not letting anybody Chris leave. Chris Penn even comes like, no fucking, he's coming here. Be like, really? Because everybody exactly. knows this. Exactly. And he knows walking in the door, um, the, the main guy is like, I know it's this guy. I'm like, you just walked into this place where you're pretty sure there's cops watching you. And so like. Oh, Joe. Yeah. Yeah, Joe. So. Uh, he's the only know, one I wasn't 100% about. Yeah. I do like that line though. Because yeah. a, guy, a guy like him, it like, it just feels right to him that he would be. Like gut feel purely. The, the only so now with this conversation, the only thing that bothers me story wise is that Joe's saying that he knows that there's a cop in their midst and he showed up. Yeah, he would. He's the fucking kingpin. He's yeah. not showing up. And then he's just gonna no. like he's gonna personally kill. He's yeah, gone on. So yeah. that that was the weakest part of getting him there. But you know, then that I think you have to start with some of these things and work backwards. But like that, Chris Penn was his son. 
and that Harvey Keitel was so principled and close to Mr. Orange just to create up that that three-way gun gunshot. It was hard work to get there, um, but I, I think ultimately they did a pretty good job. It's, yeah, I jo- think it Joe's works. the weakest link there for what we just said. but Yeah, I think that's probably the weakest plot point. Yeah. I think all the rest of it, like you can forgive... To, you know, I don't think anything else. But yeah, he would have never showed up if he knew a cop was fucking investigating no, him. Because no. he would have known that Mr. Orange knew everything about everything. They yeah. would have, and they would and also, they're super professionals. Yeah. It's clear. Yeah. They would have a backup site. He wouldn't even send his son there. No. Yeah. He would have said, stay away from there. Fuck, don't go there. Here's um, uh, Mr. Orange would have been hanging out with the crew. Uh, so he would have seen and been with Mr. Blonde. And because Mr. Blonde had a local like record by photos alone they should have been able to id him in the crew and like figure out what kind of a psycho he was or figured out how close he was to the crew because um tim roth makes a bad decision at the end because instead of just saying that he tried to burn the cop and cut his ear off which should have been enough to kill the guy on his own he then goes to the next step and says he said he was also going to kill you guys which totally gives him up on the lie and take the money yeah and take the money which those guys know he never would so i, I was like his surveillance crew like was shit if they didn't know who vic was i think and, he was like, reaching and say for like straws. this guy is like their yeah thing. He, he was he definitely he was, was and he's bleeding he's, to death blah 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 nitpicking again but totally i just i think i think like because i th- i did consider that too like madsen's gonna kill the cop he could say like he's gonna kill the cop they'd be like who gives a fuck which it's is what us they did over say. them every single time, yeah. right? Yeah. And um You mean this And cop? I think he has to go there. I, I think it's because like you say, he's bleeding, he's in trauma, he's in shock, he's going through, he's trying to find some solution. He's just like you say, it's obviously like we're looking for I, I actually like that pen scene when he says this cop he's like, he's gonna kill a cop. He's like this cop and he shoots him twice. Yeah. That's fucking great scene. That's yeah. cold. And Penn yeah. gets blood on his face too, which I hadn't seen. I hadn't oh, recognized. I didn't before. know that. Yeah. He's do like you, but with them all pointing the stuff at the end and stuff, the guys thought that was believable. Yeah, it was, I, it was. Yeah, it was fine. I thought it was Be- good, only because they built Kaitel's character the way they did, um, and and showed how close he had become. And he defends Tim Roth a few times, and I like how they were. They were like even Mr. Blom was like, okay, well, we'll take him to a hospital then. Um, Mr. Pink. But then Mr. Yeah, Mr. Pink. Until he finds out that he knows the name. Yeah. And then he's like, can't do it. Which is, a, is which is actually another thing for me is that I don't feel like Kaitel would would give a name. He is yeah. probably the consummate to, pro of anybody. Uh, it's true. But he had to, to to put them in the bind. It had to like it for the story. It had to be there. No, yeah. For the story there. That's there. But I mean. I don't believe that. Mm. There was a couple of inconsistencies. Maybe he would have seen a piece of mail on the floor in his car or something the other day. Like <laughs> Har- yeah. Something where he came slip through. A slip in conversation. A slip in conversation. I actually something. agree because Harvey Keitel is, has contradictory characteristics for what he's supposed to be. True. He's a way too True. old of a pro. Yeah, to be He's obviously making, friends with Joe. He sides with Mr. Orange. And, and yeah. Pink has These to things like, are all... Like yeah. would not happen. To I know, and then they try and cover. Tarantino tries to cover it up with Pink's dialogue about how he he's a he's acting like an amateur and yeah, and I'm a all, professional. I'm a professional. So like he tries to cover it up that that he notices. Maybe he's trying to say you know Harvey Keitel is kind of at a point in his life where he you know he's lonely and he wants he wants friends and he's breaking yeah, the rules totally. I, I mean, don't know. And he even talked about, I don't know, he talked about having a rat in his crew last time and that he's cursed. So I thought he'd be more open to the idea that it's happening again, given all the evidence. But he just, he doesn't believe it. And you guys are right. He's totally back and forth with, with who he's supposed to be. And, well, and that might and be because he, he slipped. Some midlife crisis. Because he yeah. slipped and all the rest of that's like him trying to like 
deny that he's slipping, right? Yeah. If Lowe's, yeah. If, if if Lowe's for me, I'm not, once again, I, I feel like they acting. It's not a huge overthinking, hiccup. Yeah. The reason why it sells is be, if you would have had worse actors, like that shit would have never played. But everyone is a, such a fucking great character actor that any of the bad writing gets covered up by you, them making it believable because their yeah. performances are very good. Yeah. They're all so good. Harvey Keitel's performance is very good. And you're this. right. Yeah. I'm sorry, Quentin. You're fucking good in this too. You're totally enjoyable Qu- seeing Quentin, the scene that he's in. His story is really good. I love the dick, dick, dicks. Dick, yeah. dick, 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 dick. And actually, he's, he's the right guy for that too. Yeah. yeah. I'll never forget. I'll never forget that, that his dialogue in that opening. Like, no. uh, and he knows that. No, of course. He gave himself the best line in the movie. He did. He t- Not yeah, the best line, maybe, but some of the best close. dialogue. Pretty close. Some of the best dialogue. Um, the ear scene's gross. I was going to talk about that. It's, Madsen it's, is insane in this. When he shows up hand. drinking, I, drinking a, a, like a Taco Bell drink or whatever the fuck. Yeah. He's had the cop in the trunk, and they just like ran from a jewel. Like nothing, not even the scene where he cuts the ear and spills gas on him shows what a psycho he is, yeah. more than the fact that he has without seemingly any elevated fucking blood pressure left that scene drove with a cop in his trunk got a got a fucking uh sonic take out, or something right yeah. and then drove in and then they have that thing where fucking kaito's losing it at him yeah. and then when that all breaks out madsen's laughing he goes that was really exciting. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. fucking love that. I do too. Yeah, He's so even the whole time. I yes. he- I read that um, uh, Michael Madsen really had a, some troubles with that scene, torturing the cop, <sighs> especially when the cop was like, I have a daughter. And he's like, are you done? Are you done? Are you done? And he's going to like burn him. I heard he was, that was I, I imagine that would be, that'd be a, like tough to dude act like that kind of a psycho like when he jumps in the guy's lap it's so weird and it's like so smart to pan away yeah you gotta and pan then away they, the prosthetic great. they put on the guy's head and the, they kind of keep it somewhat minimal it um, looks it actually, gross there's a hole fuck. in his head it looks like it, it looks, looks a little gross. brainy to me i yeah. think i would have just like picked a little bit more f- fleshy bloodiness yeah instead of like the cordy weirdness of it but yeah i, I mean it's just I, gross and once again fuck. that that kaitel stuff if you hadn't known you were going to have such a great actor be able to make that seem like it was real, yeah, I would have told him to switch, uh, make the guy who saves the guy super young and he's like the amateur and the other guy's the old hard guy who's like, you're fucking acting like you told him your name, you're fucking acting like a rookie, you're yeah, just a rookie, yeah. you don't even know what you're doing. How did you even get this job? You could have gone that way. But once again, the performance is so good. I can't see anybody playing any of those different roles. No. I, it's... You just no. can't touch his shit and now. Like ultimately, you're making a movie where everybody dies at the end, and that takes that, that's hard to do. That's hard to do, and you know, to, to keep like the conflict going and yeah, because you don't feel like it's characters. a waste of time at the end. No, you don't. And that's, that's t- also tough to do because he, the, you feel like you got a a great story to you know out of this. Yeah. So you're okay with it. A lot of the times, when if they would do something like this, well, they kill a hero at the end or something, you know, like it's overdone like a gladiator or something yeah. oh, they, the heavens are opening up for the gladiator oh. all that and that's how they make you feel better and that shit's just cheesy and manipulative and this isn't the one thing that does bug me 
every time I see it is the line where the cop says, how do I look yeah. to Tim Roth? And Roth's like, I'm fucking dying <laughs> I here, man. About that I love too. that line. I love that I line. I love Tim Roth's line, but the cop, I feel like the cop would have fucking known better than to ask a guy who's clearly bleeding from a gut shot wound on the ground. Freddy. Like, how do I look, man? Freddy. I'm really worried about this right now. Your name's Freddy something. Although I do like the dialogue where he's like, he's like, I'm a cop. And he's like, I know. Yeah. Like that shows how fucking hard that cop is. So I, yeah. th- that in brings in something else. Like I have a hard time believing that the police outside in surveillance would uh, leave their brothers in arms hanging like they did. Yeah. What are you telling me? They brought a fucking bleeding Tim Roth in in the first place and no one jumped on that yeah, place. And then they get a cop out of a trunk and bring him in in broad daylight and the cops are watching the building. That would be it at that point. They'd be like, look, yeah, they like send in the it's SWAT. Joe's not worth it. And these guys have already killed like many other cops in the line of duty. Like there'd be no way they would we'll be grab, stomping we'll that We'll get, ship, we'll yeah. turn, we'll turn one of them and yeah. get him on Joe. Yeah. Even like when they return. have pink and blonde there anyways. Yeah. That's enough to fucking, you get them, you get Joe. Yeah. As soon as Joe, Joe opened the car door, or outside the cops would have been like let's go now because Chris Penn had just walked in with the other guys with the jewels with the diamonds um, so yeah they should have jumped it? so anyway th- those are minimal because um, this had to work towards the, it just the be- other ending it's where because the movie f- the movie flows so good that it's you don't so know it, a lot of these things are just not perceptible like so we did um, Lockstock Two Smoking Barrels, Guy Ritchie's first movie, and like think of the character differences here. There's a, a much smaller amount of characters, exciting things happening, but even within our six to seven, eight characters in the whole movie, um, you get to focus on the two to four that really matter and the way they build those characters up and and get them through to the conclusion of the movie. It's great. It happens really quick. You get an appropriate amount of time. You get the right scenes to see like what they're doing, and you get to like almost everybody. Like. Is Joe the bad guy? Like, there's no bad guy here. Like, no, that's why it's so good. The antagonist, like, who's the antagonist? I guess it's Mr. Blonde. Um, and then after that, it's Joe and it's the lie. Yeah, I guess. But at the start, those guys are so likable, and Vic seems so likable. It's 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 really an interesting take. So like, you're you're like, I know these are bad guys, but they're all bad guys. So. I don't hate one more than the other. And like Joe is actually doing the responsible thing. If you think about it, um, someone in his crew has gone dirty. So you got to do that. But now we've built this relationship with Tim Roth and it's harder to watch him go because he's such a good at the commode story, which I um, let's talk about that for a sec. I love I love the way that all of that flowed when he's like learning the story and stopping and then it flows into the next scene where he's. Um, oh, great editing, practicing great directing, it, yeah. And then it flows into him actually telling the story, and then it goes into the the visualization of it happening. The slow motion, yeah. The slow motion stuff, that or, all works. Like, and that sound, they, he uses that great uh, air, air drying hand yeah, sound. Yeah, and you can't hear anything, and you're like, oh, and the, everyone's staring, always staring, and then it cuts yeah. back, and they're just still in the middle of a normal conversation well, with and no clue fucking, as to The way that the cops are talking so, like, jovially, jovially about, hey, I'm going to fucking blow you away, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And actually, the act, the performances in the cops are like super believable, too. Yeah. They're, yeah. He's, he's, they're all super they're like into dipshit, it. douchebag yeah. cops. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's exactly that like really a guy well. would tell it. Like in terms of a, um, they make it out to be a weird, like a, uh, it's not an out of place flashback. Like it's important that they show that he was successful in telling the commode story to show how he could believably become a part of that crew and and i i bought it i like the way they did it It was a nice little interlude it's also more it's also more about character building him totally characterization and stuff and like and then he when he talks about joe he's like i got this guy man he loves me or whatever i'm in 
like oh he's so excited and young and then and there's that little tiny scene tarantino puts in where he's gonna leave his house and he's and he spooked. and he takes off a ring or he puts on a ring and yeah, then he's like you got this man they don't know nothing you're fucking super fly love that scene yeah so good because he's like got doubts and he's you're human you're not gonna get hurt he says yeah, yeah and you're a human you know he's a human being he's not a fucking superhero yeah no no i, I yeah i totally think you're that. fucking i think he says you're super fly or whatever you're super cool and i yeah you're super cool and i love when he does the next scene where they're driving in the car and they're talking about um the, the black guy's girlfriend who like she like super glued his dick to his oh, stomach yeah. oh yeah yeah and that's he's like story. for a fucking wheel you'd <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> pissing his face or whatever yeah i like that yeah because he goes he goes uh yeah was he pissed off or whatever? Yeah, yeah yeah so was he, he fucking pissed he goes wouldn't you be if you had to stand on your hands every time you wanted to take a leak <laughs> <laughs> and was good, good yeah, so was good he stories. super fucking pissed or what chris penn for the most part is really enjoyable throughout this movie yeah, maybe. i like chris penn actually yeah uh, i, I really, really like know him, him in rush hour you guys yeah. like that I, I got C4 in the trunk. The the only time I've liked Chris <laughs> Penn, I think, was uh, in Tarantino's written other movie, uh, True Romance. Oh, yeah. Where he plays That's one of the cop. cops. He's like, come on, fucking Elliot. Yep. You fucking do it. Yep. <clears throat> um, okay. Want to call it? Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. I think despite... I think despite... I mean, there are some... Here's the thing is all of the things that would be perceived as problems in other movies and I would say don't work, like the things we're talking about that don't make a lot of sense. Tarantino's directing, his writing and the performances wash over you. So like such a beautiful symphony that by the end, you either don't... A lot of the things we talked about, I've never even noticed, but they're all true. And there is some stuff that seems a little unbelievable, but it's just such a symphony that it doesn't fucking matter. And I, I enjoyed watching it and it's, it was intense and funny and it was, it was as good as it was when I first saw it, which is shocking because it was like 30. See, and I swear 30 years that ago. we had a talk yeah. not too long ago where you were like, that movie doesn't hold up. Oh no. I said I was worried it wouldn't. Yeah. I, okay. Maybe that's I was, what it was worried. Because when I watched this, I was like, God damn, it's fucking still s- fucking great. And I was yeah. like, it, do I have to fight calm? Oh no, it's smooth as butter. <laughs> this thing's no, this thing's this thing's smooth as butter. It's just it's so smooth. You enjoy the dialogue. I mean, that's the thing that he does. That I'll, I'll I mean, he has his own thing. But I would never, yeah. I would never dare write any dialogue like this. That's it. That's his thing. I I would never even want to try to write dialogue like this. Dude, he makes essentially a one room movie. Exciting. Yeah. 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 Oh, character. Char- his dialogue is all about characterization, and and that makes you feel like the characters are real, and yeah. it makes them likable because they're distinct. even if they're over Again, the top, like we we're talking yeah, about with Lockstock. Lockstock, the characters all spoke with the same voice. Yeah. They all have the same little cheeky rebuttals. They mm-hmm. all have the same fucking sense of things. humor. They all have the same sense of humor. Exactly. That's a bad when. Everyone has the same sense of humor. That's terrible. And this yeah. is a very good example of the opposite. Mm, I agree. Everyone no, totally. speaks. Even at the table when they're at the start in the diner, like they're not all agreeing with everything that's being said with each other. They're like some guys are laughing at one thing. Other guys are pissed off. Some guys like Tim Roth is very quiet and reserved. Other guys are more gregarious. Like it, it just makes for a rich soup. Yeah. And you. Oh, that's a great, a great uh, metaphor. It is a rich soup. It's very hom- homogeneous. Yeah. Yes. How about that? It's like I changed it. I Stu, because there's proved chunks it. of Harvey Keitel in there. Oh, good chunky Harvey. Yeah, what, that is how it feels. Yeah. What do you got, dude? Um, 
I thought that was his. Was that mine? No, I was just I was just critiquing your statement. Oh, I thought I you were saying, saying you're gonna. I was worried that I had thought I'd heard. I thought that I had heard you say previously that you didn't think this. Would I was ex- I was excited to watch this again because I hadn't mm. seen it in so long. Yeah, me too, either. and it holds up. Hey, yeah, I don't really know what I can fucking supplies. Oh yeah, there's not. Oh yeah, no. I think on, what like, you and John were just talking about is a, the, a perfect way of describing uh, this movie soupy, for sure. Soupy and stewy. See, it's like Francis, like it's a chili. Um, it's beans. Uh, Chris Penn is a bean. Great. He looks like a bean. He's a bean. Some of the other guys are tomatoes. There's some meat in there, and mostly tomato juice. And Harvey Keitel is the meat in the uh, sandwich or in the chili. This movie absolutely holds up. Yeah, were you done? Because you said that you don't know. What yeah, you're I was just say. making. But then you were just setting it up. About okay. Chili. Wait, yeah, I, I think I think the movie holds up. Like we talked about the best parts of it. This time when I watched it, I I, I was thinking more of a play than a movie at times, which struck me just struck me weird. Some of the long from far away shots, I felt like I was watching a stage. I don't know. I'm not saying that's good or bad. It's just that's a weird feeling that came over me. And compared to obviously now a man who's mastered his craft. He had like a lot of talent and ideas to start, but you can kind of tell this is a first go. Some of it just you, is not as I would fix tight and steady. All of the things we talked about to write it as a play, you could you could easily oh, fix I, those I, things. I and make know it, it exists, yeah. so there's not even a point in trying. But like this would be an excellent, and, perfect and, for this, for perfect for the stage. Yeah, play. I'd rewrite, I'd rewrite and fix all of these things to make them make more sense. And Ray could be Mr. Orange because I have a friend who's an, we, we know a friend who's not. Think <laughs> Jesus, you just want to put him in everything. He'd Seriously. be a Mr. Pink or a Mr. Pink he'd be good at. All right, well, we're looking forward to that, Ray. What do you think? Yeah. Okay. He um, listens to the podcast. Yeah, Shout out to Ray. Shout out to Ray. Shout out to Ray. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, this is good. Three thumbs up for Reservoir Dogs, as it should be. The the first of maybe some Tarantino that we're going to do over the next, I don't know, 10 years, because there's lots of great ones. Um, except for the more recent one. Oh, so, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah that just don't. Fan. If you haven't seen that movie, I just. That doesn't hold up. And just skip it. the speculation is it won't get better. Uh, yeah, exactly. I the don't longer. understand what it was about, and I won't in 10 years. But not as <laughs> bad as Tenant. <laughs> Uh, no, oh God. that's the fucking. I would bad. rather Worst watch. Have you ever seen? Did I, you see it? No, I would. Mu- I would. Mu- Don't watch it. I would much rather watch that movie. Will give your eyes full AIDS. I would much <laughs> rather watch Once Upon a Time in America on a loop for the rest of my life than watch Tenant one more time. And I fucking hate Tarantino's fucking new movie. Like <laughs> I hate it, but I'd still rather that play on a loop than even watch Tenant once. Like I wish I never saw it. I'm so angry. I would have like paid twice as much to not have seen it. I'd pay more money to have it erased from my brain. Actually, that's the, yeah, exactly. I'd walk out of the movie and someone would be like, hey, 20 more bucks to forget it. And I'd be like, sold. (laughs) Yeah, I would have fucking totally taken that. Now we're going to follow up our 10-year-old or 30-year-old movie reviews with a one-second review of Tenet. Yeah, but let's do Inception right away because I I want to fucking talk about this fucking Nolan piece of shit I'd like to do Memento and Immobiliari. No, can't sleep. Insomnia. To Mobliari. <laughs> oh my God! We can do the a new movie from Christopher Nolan. So that's the idea. Is we'll do a yeah, we'll, we'll do that's a, for Godfather Three. <laughs> we'll we'll do Nolan. We'll do a, like Nolan Nolan movies and yeah, that we, way because we'll I'm, I'm so angry movie. with him for what he did to me with Tenant. What the fuck even? How, how does that okay, even happen? That's not even a movie. <laughs> I don't even know what it is. It's a weird experiment. You How is it, it possible? Here. This is Trump's America. Tenet. This is Trump's yeah, this America. Is what, this is the, <laughs> yeah, this is the kind of movies that people make in Trump's America. Yeah, dumb as fuck. Uh, yeah. Sorry, sorry. But seriously, this movie is 
Don't, but not there's this movie. people in the bathroom. There's guys in the bathroom when we came out of the movie who were like furious. And they're like, what the fuck was that? This is a piece of shit. <laughs> oh, God. Like, it wasn't just us. No. And they, they didn't sound like it. scholars. They just didn't like, get They it. seemed like maybe who it was aimed at. Yeah, exactly. And they yeah. were pissed. And they were pissed. They shout, were out, like, shout out to those guys in the bathroom. Hey, yeah. they, they won't know us, but hey. Good pissing with you, bitching about this movie immediately <laughs> after. Right. Excellent social distancing. Okay, well, watch Reservoir Dogs instead. It's on Canadian Netflix right now. Yes. Uh, check it out. Only 90 minutes. Fucking great. Yeah. yeah short, For short those of you in Israel, hopefully it's there too. If not, come to Canada, watch Netflix, go back to Israel. There you go. Or, or use stay. A VPN. You know, whatever works for you. Uh, All right. Thanks for listening, everybody, and uh, have a great week and enjoy your shit. Thanks for listening, everyone. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. Our handle is holdup underscore podcast. You can fire us a comment or two, add a movie to our wish list, and we always post a hint about our next episode in the middle of the week. Feel free to drop us an email directly if you've got some feedback for us. Our email is podcast.holdup at gmail.com. Our podcast can be found where most podcasts are these days. Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, and Player FM.